my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. <laughs> well, we've made it to March, and with a new month comes a new series of Full House episodes. The series this month is entitled Good Girls and Bad Boys, and I'm kicking this series off from episode from season five, episode 23, so it's just about the end of season five. Five's a crowd. We meet Pete, the lead singer of The Funky Tongues. This episode aired March 31st, 1992. Oh my gosh, we are one day away from April Fool's Day. <laughs> All right, in this episode, excuse me, <clears throat> Danny, Jesse, and Joey search the drive-in for DJ, who is out with a boy who's, according to Kimmy, never heard the word no. Speaking of Kimmy, guess what? She's been left to babysit Nikki and Alex. You want to know why she's been babysit to, left to babysit them? Because apparently Stephanie's not old enough, and I guess Aunt Ida went out of town or something. Or They, they got nobody. Kimmy is the last person they would ever want to be. And the fact is, she does watch the twins and I believe it's season six or seven during subterranean graduation day or something when Jesse graduates from night school, but he's stuck on a subway train because uh, Michelle doesn't want to pollute the earth with having to take two vehicles to the graduation. And, of course, there's an issue with the subway train. But, anyway, it's Stephanie, who, at this point, just turned 10, who ends up doing all the work. And I mean all of it. Changing diapers, feeding the babies, burping them, all that stuff. They may as well have just had Stephanie watch the babies. <laughs> Alright, this episode has got a 6.9 out of 10. Based on 229 ratings, we do have Dan, uh, Daniel Rentira and Kevin Rentira as Nikki and Alex, the infants. The, these set of twins do play the twins before Blake and Dylan to Moy Wheelhout take over the role in season six. We have Roger Floyd as Pete. I'm trying to... He's done a handful of things. Let's see here. Oh, and he even has an upcoming project. He is an actor. Good for him. That's great. Let's see. Oh, he's also a writer, a director... Producer, he's got his his feet in everything. 
Oh, he played a character named Storm Robinson in a TV series called Welcome Freshman from 91 to 93. Also, the television series Swamp Thing. He was in two episodes as two different characters, Vinny and then Hitchhiker. So that was just before Full House. And then after, what is Superboy? He's in three episodes of this show, and it looks like a knockoff of Superman. The Adventures of the Man of Steel in his teenage years. So this is basically, who is this guy? Gerard Christopher plays Clark Kent slash Superboy. So this is basically Smallville before Smallville. It lasted for 100 episodes, ran from 88 to 92. So yeah, this looks like a Smallville, pre-Smallville, basically. Yeah, he's done some soap opera. The Walking Dead movie (laughs) has nothing to do with zombies. Uh, 1972, Vietnam. Small group of United States Marines relive flashbacks of their contrite lives prior to serving in the military while being left to survive behind enemy lines. So it has nothing to do with walkers and the walking dead and Rick. Nothing to do with that. He's also playing Danny Bennett in the babysitter seduction. Is this that one with Carrie Ruck? Ugh, oh, mm, uh, mm. you can't say this man's name anymore without, uh, yeah. Stephen Collins, we all know as Reverend Eric Camden from Seventh Heaven. Yes, we do not speak of that man. We don't because it is associated with bad things. Speaking of Seventh Heaven, there are two Seventh Heaven podcasts. I've listened to them, not all the episodes, because I ducked out after uh, a while. I only watched Seventh Heaven from what? It might have been like 2000, 2001. I was never an avid watcher of the show. But there's a connection between Full House and Seventh Heaven. The Olsen twins played characters. In an episode of Seventh Heaven, they go out with David Gallagher's character, Simon Camden, who David Gallagher was in first movie he was in, Look Who's Talking Now, with the late Kirstie Alley and John Travolta. As by now, if you've listened to Jesse's Ladies from January, you will know that I made a comment about wanting a a fourth (laughs) Look Who's Talking movie. I made this comment before Kirstie Alley passed away. I recorded that before Kirstie Alley passed away. And I felt so bad because I couldn't remember which of those episodes I had put that in. So, no disrespect, R.I.P. Kirstie Alley, loved you on Cheers, loved you in the Look Who's Talking movies, oh, 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 connection, Olsen Twins, Kirstie Alley, Steve Gutenberg, It Takes Two, I reviewed the movie, it is clean, by the way, anyone, ears of all ages can listen to it. I loved going into that movie, just, ah, movie from my... My teen years, it came out in 95, so I was 12 going down 13 at the point. All right, so 
back to Fives a Crowd. You want to know why Fives a Crowd? Because we got DJ and Pete going on a date to the drive-in in his black and red van. And we got Jesse, Joey, and Danny, co-parents, co-dads, that are traipsing through a drive-in at night to break up this date. Because Kimmy says, Pete never heard the word no. No girl turns him down. If they do, that's, yeah. Basically, yeah, he's never heard the word no. All the girls, it, it just seems like it's a classic thing. Like, oh my gosh, he's, in a, he's a musician. And the thing is, DJ doesn't seem at first until he asks her out, spoiler alert, it's not like she was clamoring to him to saying, hey, let's go out. He asked her out. And even when he does ask her out, like, hey, you want to go out tonight or something, she's like, well, it's kind of last minute. And then, of course, Kimmy jumps right in. They're like, no, Kimmy, he does not want to date you. So this episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers Jeff Franklin, Ellen Gulas, and Jeff Schmiel. Schmiel. Again, if I pronounce, mispronounce the names, I apologize in advance. I apologize in advance. I swear that not only is the English language, it, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it, it is hard. You wanna know it's re really hard? Pronouncing people's names sometimes can be difficult. That's why I'd like to say I apologize in advance if I mess up the last name or possibly the first name. We got some trivia. This is a special episode about saying no, in quotes. When in uncomfortable situations, in the van, DJ gives a few lines that can be used. Um, can I say that this... Is not trivia. It sounds like something that could have been put in a user review because there's no trivia there. Roger Floyd, who plays 17-year-old Pete, was actually 21, 22 years old here, and Candace Cameron was only 15, like her character DJ. Okay, well, duly noted. Do we have goofs? We do. Continuity. When Michelle, Stephanie, Becky, and Jesse are in the kitchen discussing who will babysit the twins, the curl on Michelle's pigtail goes from being curled out in one shot to being curled in in the next shot. This person has a lot of time on their hands and they really are specific with detail. Again, I don't call that a goof. Continuity. I would not, honestly, no. Continuity, I, I don't know if I would classify that as a goof but then again that's just me feel free to disagree if you want to Let's see for user reviews nope none all right before you get into the episode i want to let all you tanner newbies aka new listeners who have just jumped aboard the tanner train aka the podcast i want to let you know where you can listen itunes and apple podcast basically the same thing <laughs> go there SoundCloud, of course, is my main platform. I've had suggestions kind of thrown my way, like, hey, what about Anchor? What about iHeartRadio? Uh, Spotify? I'm like, guys, 
I appreciate the suggestions, but I really kind of want to stick with what I've been going with for almost four years. We'll just kind of stick with that. Of course, you did hear me say that, yes, this Full House slash Fuller House podcast is a podcast for all years of all ages. You can listen to it in your vehicle with your kids, road trips. You can listen to it getting groceries, doing laundry, making dinner, hanging up your Valentine's Day. Well, Valentine's Day by this time would be past. St. Patty's Day. St. Patty's Day. If you put up decorations for St. Patty's Day, listen to the podcast. There you go. <laughs> I um, <coughs> again apologize for coughing. I've had a co. I'm recording this on January. What is it? the fifth? January fifth. Wait, no. What is today? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's the eleventh. I'm looking at a calendar. I don't know what's going on. But anyway. I've had this cold since December 22nd. The majority of it from the three-day fever went away. The sinus headache still happens on and off. And just the overall kind of crumminess still is lingering. And then this little cough that I'm trying to get down and out of my lungs. Still fighting the good fight, guys. Hopefully, by the time March actually does roll around in two months, when you hear this episode, let's hope I'm 100% back to normal, as normal as I can get. All right, the podcast does have a social media page. It has a couple, actually. It's got the Facebook page. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas Podcast will pop up. You can like it. You can follow it. And the reason I say this is because if you're, again, if you're a Tanner newbie, jumping aboard the Tanner train, you probably don't know how the podcast works. Well, how it works is each month I choose a series of episodes based on either character or theme and review them. I go through the whole episode, guys. Usually these episodes are anywhere from an hour and a half two, two hours, or even a smidge longer. I do play clips from the entire episode. The podcast does have a Instagram page at OMHC Full House, Fuller House. You know what? Let me, let me correct myself. Let me correct myself here. Let's see. O-M-H-C, Full House, Fuller House Pod. Hey, I was mostly right on that. Good for me. Yay! The podcast does have an email address also if you would like to share your Full House, Fuller House memories. O-M-H-C, F-H-F-H podcast at gmail.com. I also put the email address in the episode description on SoundCloud. Again, if you want to tell me your favorite character, favorite episode from either show... Or if you could come up with a storyline that could have been used in a future season, say if we had gotten a season 9 or 10 of Full House, or a season 6 or 7 of Fuller House. Speaking of, you know, now that Fuller House has has been done now for uh, almost three years, um, well, no, actually, yeah, it has been, hasn't it? Well, anyway... 
where do you see the characters? I mean, we had baby Danny, Stephanie and Jimmy's daughter. We got news that Stephanie was pregnant with baby number two. We will, unless we get a fullest house, you never know. Maybe in about 20 years, we're, we're going to get something with Jackson and Max and Tommy in kind of the same similar scenario. We could get that. Oh, and we can't forget Ramona either. So, um, yeah. Send me your ideas. I would love to plug them on the podcast. I think it would be really great. Also, another note, as of 2023, the Full House portion of this podcast will be ending at the end of this year. That means going forward in 2024, I will be going mainly in order and covering all the Fuller House episodes I did not cover in the last almost four years. Once both shows have been completed, I do plan to cover some Full House Stephanie books. Also, I have some found some really great behind-the-scenes footage of Full House. I also would love to do some compilation podcast episodes of characters, ranking them on a certain scale. Like, okay, who was the worst character? Stavros, Rusty, Gia, stuff, Patty Fogarty. If you guys got ideas for compilation podcast episodes, again, the email address, send them my way, or you can message the podcast Facebook page. All right. Without one last thing, again, if you're new to the podcast or you've been a longtime listener since this podcast debuted in April of 2019, and you got a spare moment, jump on iTunes Apple Podcasts, search for the show, type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Select it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. All five-star ratings and reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. So spread the word. All right, now I've talked enough. Let's get into... The first episode in the Good Girls and Bad Boys, Season 5, Episode 23, Fives a Crowd, and meet Pete. Not Pete Bianco, not Jesse's friend from Season 3, but Pete, the lead singer, high schooler, lead singer of Funky Tongues. This guy rubs me the wrong way, skeeves me out. This guy, to me... He's headed down a dangerous road that could lead him behind bars. Okay, of course, before the official episode gets going, we get the adorable cold open. Jesse brings out a couple of houseplants. He and Michelle have spray bottles, and he tells her we don't want to overwater them. We don't want to oversaturate them. We just need two squirts of the spray bottle. Ready? One. And Michelle says... She sprays right at the side of Jesse's face. Like, Michelle, what are you doing? She's like, Open, oops, I missed. I'm like, uh-huh, no. We have to settle this with an old-timey western type of showdown. All right, she says we stand back-to-back. Then we take three bases, 
turn around and fire. Oh, no, no, no. Michelle's like, <laughs> no, I'm not counting off. Because he's, you know, again, got his back to her. She's turned around. He says, one. And she's going to spray the back of his shirt. You know she is. As he goes, one, two. And she goes, three. Starts spraying the back of his shirt. And he says, hey, 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 hey. That's not how they did it in the Old West. And she's probably like, well, I didn't exist back then. I don't know. She doesn't watch G.M. Wayne movies. Or Clint Eastwood movies. She says, I've never heard of the Old West. You think this kid's seen True Grit? And I don't mean the one with Jeff Bridges and Haley Seinfeld. No, I, I mean the True Grit with John Wayne. And that one girl's name who played the mother in Better Off Dead. I, I don't know her name. Um, I've only seen bits and pieces of that movie. There's also a sequel to True Grit called Rooster Cogmore or something. My dad was a big True Grit John Wayne fan. He would quote True Grit. He'd be like, hey there, little sister. I'm like, Dad, please. No more. Just start spraying each other with spray bottles. It's so cute. And that's pretty much it. That is the cold open. It was cute. Alright, Michelle. Now, we don't want to drown the plants, okay? We just want to spray them, so... Now, we don't want to drown the plants, okay? We just want to spray them. So, two squirts per plant, okay? Here we go. One, two. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oops, I missed a plant. Oops, I missed a plant. You specifically aimed at my quaff, young lady. And there's only one way to handle this. Squirt bottles at three paces. Follow me. Do it like they did in the Old West, all right? And we go back to back, and we take three paces, and we turn around... And we fire. Got it? All right. Here we go. One. Two. Three. Hey, 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 hey. That's not how they do it in the Old West. I never heard of the Old West. Oh. <laughs> so we come out of the intro. We're in the kitchen. Becky looks like she's cooking something, washing dishes. Danny is rehearsing his speech, his acceptance speech if he gets the award for best morning talk show. Best talk show host award. So are they both up for it or just Danny? I'm guessing that, uh, he was at least nominated. Looks like, oh, Becky is actually filling up the baby bottles with formula for the boys. Oh, yeah, and the canisters say follow-up for formula. So I'm guessing it's kind of like after you're done nursing, you're kind of trying to get them on the formula plan, and then eventually, you know, solid foods, not baby food. Or maybe, I mean, the fact that she works in everything like that. I mean, I don't know if they did. They must have back in the 90s, you know, with with the, the pumping of the milk for the babies and everything to get that, that nourishment in the essentials that the babies would need. Becky tells Danny, like, you're living in a dream world. Every year we get beat by up in Adam, Oakland. And Danny says... <laughs> I don't know why I didn't even see us in that show. 
Apparently they have cheerleaders wrestling in a syrup pit. That sounds nasty and sticky and just all kinds of nasty grossness. Uh, someone else has been nominated who works at the studio. Joey's Ranger Joe show has been nominated. Yay for Joey. And Becky asked him if he's ready for the award show. And Joey's like, I'm just... I am, but I'm just, I'm so nervous. I've never been nominated for anything before. But it's, honestly, it's got to be a great honor because that Ranger Joe show, I mean, this is season five. They just kind of kicked that off midway through season five. We actually learn that Joey has only been doing the Ranger Joe show for four months. He's like, finally vindicated after four long months. <laughs> But we'll get to that. Hey, listen to this, Becky. What a surprise. Thank you, Barry, our broadcasters. I never dreamed I'd be honored with this uh, prestigious award for best talk show host. <laughs> now, that sounds too rehearsed. Huh? How about, uh, what an incredible surprise. I only wish I would have prepared a speech. <laughs> Danny, give it up. We're never going to win. Every year, Wake Up San Francisco gets beaten by Up and Adam Oakland. I don't know what people see in that show. Cheerleaders wrestling in a syrup pit. <laughs> Howdy ho, fellow nominees. Howdy ho, Ranger Joe. You guys ready for the award show tonight? I am so nervous. I've never been nominated for anything in my life. Neither is Mr. Woodchuck. I hope we win. Knock on. <laughs> so DJ and Kimmy come in the back door. And she's like, hey, everyone. And Danny comes over. He's like, Deej, where have you been? He doesn't say anything like, oh, you're an hour late or anything like that. And DJ says, oh, we were just kind of hanging out. Oh, he does say, 45 minutes late. He says, you should have called. This just makes me think of the episode Joey Gets Tough from season two when DJ is over like an hour late or more, hour or more late from her karate tournament. And Joey is calling Mrs. Gibbler. He's probably trying to call the hospital, the police station. He's practically ready to file a missing persons report because DJ failed to call and let him know they were staying after practice to plan strategy for the big meet or the big tournament. Kimmy, of course, always getting her digs in with Danny, because that's just how they are. She says, why don't you just strap a beaver collar to her neck and track her like a wildebeest? And Danny says, Kimmy, why don't you just go live with a wildebeest? So DJ says, Dad, look, I'm sorry, but I mean, the hottest band in school is coming over to use Jesse's studio, so please don't embarrass me. And Danny is like, Dee, seriously, when have I ever done anything to embarrass you? And she just kind of levels him with a stare, like, Dad, really? And he says, today. The guys are just waiting outside while Dan uh, Danny and DJ have this conversation. I mean, is Jesse even there yet? But Kimmy's like, hey, guys, come on in. Pete with a giant guitar case on his back. He's got ripped jeans because, hey, it's the 90s. Why not? Oh, yeah, he is wearing denim, light denim jeans, light denim shirt with a black leather jacket over the top. We got 
I don't know who the guy behind him. DJ's going to introduce every single one of them. Lead singer, Pete of the Funky Tongues. Tim is the one behind Pete who's wearing black glasses and a white backwards cap because, again, hey, it's the 90s. Backwards caps were in. Whenever I see someone do it, wearing a backwards cap now, I am meeting them like, hey, the 90s called. They want their hat styles back. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got the same. It's black leather jacket, light blue denim pants. Tony is the one with the long, long curling hair. Sludge, of course, just like Tim with the black glasses. Also, just like Tony, he's got long hair. And a, every single one of those boys is wearing a black leather jacket. Yeah, they're the Funky Tongues. I want to know where they came up with that name. Again, Danny, oh, he embarrasses her, saying, The Funky Tongues? Boy, I could have used you guys when I was looking stamps for my Christmas cards last year. Again... Bringing it to, we didn't have self-adhesive stamps yet. You still had to lift the backs of them, and according to Michelle, they're gross. Yeah, I mean, after you lick a bunch of them, that taste is going to linger on your tongue for a while. Yeah, they're all kind of like looking, the guys are all looking, uh-huh, lame dad jokes. And I like how DJ says, well, <laughs> that took care of today, thanks dad. So she tells the guys, the studio's downstairs, all the other guys start heading down there. Pete winks at her as he says, you know, DJ, you're looking real good today. And he's like kind of like rubbing his hands like, you know, you're uh, looking real good today, DJ. Of course, he's like, oh, thanks. I love DJ's outfit. It is a striped long sleeve shirt, but I love, and I know my very girl is she's wearing a red kind of cloth headband she's got everyone's wearing the denim everyone you know, she's got denim shorts on because it's california and it's not winter time apparently i'm looking at the bottom back of pete's jacket it says l-e-s-i-a and i can't read the other side of it, it almost looks like leisure or something or but maybe or maybe it's just something in another language i don't know D danny come on now he goes over to joe and he's like uh what did the guy and, and dj of course is within earshot of this and danny goes over to joe and he says oh what did uh that guy mean by uh hey dj you're looking real good today and and becky says i think that basically just meant She's looking real good today. Like, Danny, don't read. Well, because he's also miming the kind of head tilt thing that uh, Pete was doing. <laughs> Danny, <laughs> no. <laughs> he says, oh, well, why didn't he say anything to me? You know, I'm looking real good today. And Joey says, you know, Danny, you're looking real good today. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Deej. Deej, where were you? Oh, I was just hanging out. Well, you're 45 minutes late. You should have called. Why don't you just strap a beeper collar on her and track her like a wildebeest? Why don't you just go live with a wildebeest? Look, Dad, I'm sorry, but the hottest man in school is coming over to use Uncle Jesse's studio, so please don't do anything to embarrass me. Teach, when did I ever do anything to embarrass you? Today. 
Tongues? <laughs> well, I could have used you guys when I was licking stamps for my Christmas cards. <laughs> well, that took care of today. <laughs> the studio's downstairs. Thanks. Hey, DJ, you're looking real good today. Thanks. What, uh, what did that guy mean by DJ? You know, you're looking real good today. I think he meant she was looking real good today. Pretty much. Why didn't you say anything to me? I'm looking real good today. Danny, you're looking real good today. Now we're done in the studio. Jesse is cringing at this heavy metalish garage garbage band sound that's coming out of Pete's mouth. I can see why they call him the funky the call the band the funky tongues. Just the, I mean, just watching Pete sing and just the, the tongue just flickering like that. I mean, it's not, you know, flickering out of his mouth like he's uh, Barty Crouch Jr. from uh, the fourth Harry Potter movie. But um, it's it just, this guy oozes just confidence and swagger. This guy, he owns it as far as, hey... I'm hot and I know it because I am the lead singer of a band. He even says, this guitar is Ticket to Bayland, I am telling you. That is the only reason. It just seems like, I mean, other than you guys, it, it just honestly seems like half the time, it's like the only reason that guys form a band to begin with is just to meet the ladies, which I guess you do you, basically. But, um... They don't have talent. They're not good. I would not purchase a CD or even a cassette single of this garbage garage band stuff. They're like metalhead wannabes. I mean, with the long hair. We got two members with the long hair. They take two of the members that had the black sunglasses on. They've taken them off. Both Tony, I believe, isn't it? Is it Tony? Or, no, Tim. Tim is the one with the white hat. Him and Pete both have the guitars that are kind of, um, how to describe this? It's not a typical, it's just, it, it looks like, I didn't watch Gem and the Holograms growing up. I'm aware of the cartoon, but it just seemed like 80s punk rocker guitars with the way that they're shaped basically they're like they're shaped like an a base how a, how an a is I, i'm sure there's another word for this type of guitar but i don't know it so yeah i was looking it up and it looks like it's either like shaped like the letter like a capital a or even star semi star shaped I love how Jesse is just like, <laughs> yeah, that was loud and uh, painful. <laughs> Pete takes it as a compliment because like, thank you. <laughs> yes, very own demo tape. There you go. And the guys are just, they're pumped. 
Jesse says, kind of bring it down, guys. You know, just because you got a demo tape doesn't mean, you know, you're going to get a record deal. Apparently, that doesn't matter to Pete. Yeah, he says, that's cool. I'm just in it for the women. <sighs> then what is the point of giving you a demo tape if you're not going to use it? I mean, he uses it. He plays it later in his van for DJ because he just loves the sound of his voice. Pete lifts up the guitar and says, I mean, this guitar is a ticket to Babeland. This guy, it's a sleeveless, light blue, almost whitish denim shirt with a sleeveless, white collar tank under tank top underneath. Jesse just, it's like he's trying to keep up with these high school kids. You're like, Ah, oh, you know, Pete, back in my day, I, uh, I got some chicks in my day, too. <laughs> I like how he just, is this a guy thing? Honestly, with the whole, like, pulling up on the pants, like, oh, you know, back in my day, I, I got some ladies myself. <laughs> like, okay, Jesse. <laughs> and Pete, Pete's like, oh, yeah, you, you have a band in high school? And Jesse says, fourth grade. Like, oh, no, 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 no. You weren't even a blink in your daddy's eye when I uh, had my band in elementary school. I was way ahead of my time. He's like, all right, guys, hauling on out of here. DJ and Kimmy, you know they're just waiting for the red light to go off. And they're, like, down there the second it went off. Tim's taking his guitar up the stairs. We got... Tony right behind him, possibly. Wow, does Kimmy's comment here really, really date the show? Anyone know what a fly girl is? Did you ever watch In Living Color? The, with the fly girls? I think, yeah, didn't, um, Jennifer Lopez, didn't she get her start on In Living Color being a fly girl? I think she might have. Because Kimmy's like, oh, you know, Pete... What your band needs is a couple fly girls. And she starts demonstrating dancing. Like, hey, Deej, come on, be a fly girl. And DJ's like, Kimmy, I think you're flying solo on this one. So Pete asks her, like, oh, listen, uh, you want to get together tonight? And DJ's like, uh, tonight? It's kind of short notice. Pete also's got two earrings in one ear. Oh, here we go. Here comes Kimmy with, oh, I'm free. And DJ jumps in. Well, you know, on second thought, you know, I noticed you, you noticed me. That's enough notice. I don't think that Pete was going to take Kimmy out. I really don't think so. So Kimmy kind of throws herself at Sludge. Like, hey, Sludge, what are you doing tonight? Oh, let me help you with that. And she grabs his guitar and they get kind of into a tug of war over it. And he finally breaks free and heads up the stairs. And Kimmy says, he wants me bad. Like, no, he doesn't, Kimmy. Sludge, like, shakes his head at Kimmy like, oh, come on, girl. Uh, loud and painful. Thank you. 
Chicks, uh, in the old days myself. Oh, yeah? Have you ever been in high school? Fourth grade. <laughs> Come on, guys. Hi. Hey, girls. Hi. Hi. So, Pete, I've been thinking. Yeah. You know what your band needs? A couple of fly girls. Come on, Deed, be a fly girl. Give me your fine solo on this one. Uh, thanks for hooking us up with your uncle. Listen, you, uh, want to get together tonight? Tonight? Yeah. It's kind of short notice. I'm free. <laughs> On second thought, you noticed me, I noticed you. That's enough notice. <laughs> so, Sludge, what are you doing tonight? Oh, here, let me help you with that. <laughs> he wants me. Bad. So now it's after dinner. The girls are at the table. They're eating ice cream. Jesse has Nikki and Alex in their little car seats on the kitchen counter. And he tells them, look, boys, your mommy and daddy are going out for, you know, just a few hours. So he says, you guys got to stay together, okay? Don't fall apart. Be very, very strong. He goes, God, I'm going to miss you so much. It almost seems like, I mean, and even though it's for a few hours, I mean, this, well, in the past, I guess they did have Aunt Ida lined up to babysit the boys. Yeah, Becky breaks the news to Jesse. look, I just got off the phone with Aunt Ida, she can't babysit tonight, and Jesse says, what? I'm having my greatest hair night of the year. I'm surprised that they didn't have a backup plan in place. And Jesse apparently doesn't know that DJ's got a date. He's like, hey, Deej, can you watch the, ch the twins tonight? And she says, I'm sorry, I, I have a date tonight. And Stephanie says, I'll do it. I won't have a date for five years. Well, I mean, in season six, she does kind of go on a pizza date with that guy, Josh, from uh, her baseball team. Wonder whatever happened to Brett. He might, maybe he moved away. Granted, that was last season when Rusty was around, so. I think Becky and Stephanie here are both in the running for worst outfit. Becky's outfit just looks really tacky. I don't think that, I mean, is that a dress? I can't tell. But Stephanie with the, it's like a black shirt covered in white polka dots. She looks like. The opposite of a Dalmatian. And can you imagine, like, the opposite of a Dalmatian with the, the black fur and the white spots instead of white fur and black spots? That'd be weird. And I like how Becky does say, you know, stuff that is very sweet, but unfortunately you're still a little too young. And Michelle says, I'll babysit. I'll do it. <laughs> and Stephanie says, Michelle, you're younger than me. And after Stephanie says this, Michelle says, I'm just trying to help. Give me a break. And Jesse's aspect, like, where are we going to find someone to babysit on a Friday night? Here comes Kimmy. Oh, la, Tanneritos. 
And Jesse looks at Becky and then, no, mm -mm, no, don't even. And Becky's like, so, just, we're in a bind here. We, there's nobody else. And DJ says, hey, there you go. Kimmy can babysit. And Stephanie adds, why don't you just throw your kids to a pack of wolves? They'd probably be better off. And Kimmy tells him, hey, I've babysat for every kid on this block. The Screaming Taylor Baby, the Watson Brats, your very own Squirt and Squirt Jr. And both Stephanie and Michelle say, don't call me Squirt Jr. That's right, during season three, fraternity reunion. She ended up having to watch Stephanie and Michelle because DJ had to go bail Danny and Joey out of jail. And Becky says, Jess, come here for a sec. Look, I really think we should let Kimmy babysit. Stephanie's backing her up and we can call every 15 minutes. And Jesse says, no, every 10 minutes. And Jesse says, oh, fine, we have no choice. All right, Kimmy, you're in. And Kimmy says, okay, well, here, my rates are $5 an hour. But since you get, you have twins, it'll be double. Oh no, she says since you're in a bind, it's seven fifty. Here comes Comet with his dog toy, and Kimmy's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't babysit dogs." <laughs> Michelle says, "I can doggy sit. I can do any. And Comet will do anything for a doggy doodle." So we get to see a comic trick. So Jesse hands her a dog treat. Gives it to him, and uh, Michelle says, sit up, and Comet is in bag mode with his paws up. She says, see, good boy, Comet, and she throws the dog treat into the air, and he catches it. Kimmy, this is the last thing you want to say after they put you in charge. She says, oh, that's pretty good. Would these doggy doodles work on the twins? And Jesse is about ready to just end Kimmy right there. <laughs> But luckily, Becky's like, just come on. It's She was making a joke. It's fine. Okay, boys. Now, your mommy and daddy are going out, okay? But it's just for a few hours. So you guys got to stay together, okay? Don't fall apart. Be very, very strong. God, I'm going to miss you guys so much. Jess, honey, bad news. Hmm. I just talked to Aunt Ida. She can't babysit tonight. What? We have to go out tonight. I'm having my best hair day of the year. Deej, can you watch the twins? Sorry, I have a date tonight. I can do it. I won't have a date for five years. <laughs> Steph, that's very sweet, but you know what? You're still a little too young. I'll do it. <laughs> Michelle, you're younger than me. I'm just trying to help. Give me a break. Who are we going to find a babysitter at the last minute on a Friday night? Hola, Tanneritos. you just throw your kids to a pack of wolves? Hey, I've babysat for every kid on this block. The Screaming Taylor Baby, the Watson Brats, and your very own Squirt and Squirt Jr. Don't call me Squirt Jr. Just let me talk to you for a second. Look, I think we should let Kimmy babysit. Stephanie's backing her up, and we can call every 15 minutes. Every 10 minutes. All right, we have no choice. Kimmy, you're in. All right. My rates are $5 an hour, but since you're in a bind, it's $7.50. Oh, one more thing. I don't do dogs. 
I can doggy sit. Cunt will do anything for a doggy doodle. Michelle? Sit up. See, good boy, Comet. Hey, that's pretty good. Will these doggy doodles work on the twins? Danny's in the living room rehearsing his speech if he happens to win. <laughs> well, wouldn't he and Becky both get to? I mean, they are, you know, co-hosts of Wake Up San Francisco. Do you think they'd both be able to say something? But you know, Danny would just hog the spotlight if he if he won. You know, and he go would go on for a very long time. So. Doorbell rings. DJ rushes into the living room. He's like, I got it. Danny has no idea that she's going out on a date tonight. As she goes up to the door, she turns around and says, oh, by the way, I have a date tonight. And Danny was like, you didn't tell me you had a date tonight. It's like, as a parent, wouldn't you want to know if your kid, I mean, you want to know ahead of time. Especially if it, she's just starting to get into dating in season five. And Pete comes in, and Danny's like, oh, it's uh, Sludge, right? And DJ says, no, Dad, it's Pete. And she apologizes, like, sorry, it's kind of last minute. I'd be like, I don't care. You should have let me know regardless. Oh, he's ready to get out of there. As he takes her by the hand, he's like, hey, ready, Deej? And she's like, yeah. And Danny's like, well, I'm not. I'm sorry, Pete, that's not how we do things here. So, yeah, Danny takes DJ by the hand and is like, well, I'm not. Hi, Pete. Why don't you come in here so we can have a father new date chat? And DJ says, Dad, look, we're just going to a movie. Doesn't say anything about the fact that it's a drive-in. Well, of course, Danny's like, oh, do you have insurance, coverage, collision? And he's like, oh, yeah, just... This guy is just like, yeah, 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 it's, I'm uncovered, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, he really, this is, you don't need to focus on this. He's like, oh, any uh, unpaid parking tickets? Overdue library books? These are honestly the wrong questions to be asking. Like, how old are you? What grade are you in? You had your flu shot. Oh, my gosh. I'd be asking questions like, okay, how old are you? What grade are you in? How do you and DJ know you? Well, he he knows. He saw Pete come to the house earlier, so. Because it's that same night. It's that same day, basically. But, yeah, I'd also be like, okay, what movie are you going to see? How are you going to get there? Oh, you're driving? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be having questions about that. What kind of vehicle is it? How long have you been driving? What's your driving record like? But this is just like... It's like, I'm clean, alright? Ask my parole officer. And Danny looks at him like, parole officer? This guy would not be going out with my job. I'm like, hey, you know, good night. It was nice to meet you, but I don't feel comfortable leaving my daughter in your hand. I just, I don't. Because he's like, it's a joke. Chill out. And he like posts... Danny in the stomach. This guy is just, he's disrespectful. It's like, and you want to take out my kid? Oh, no, no, no. You're not doing that. Not to mention, 
the fact that he is, I'd say he's got to be at least a couple years older than DJ. He looks like he even could be maybe a senior. I mean, the actor himself is like 21, 22, playing whatever, a high schooler. But he's definitely older than DJ because he shames her for being a freshman. And DJ says, Dan, can you lay off the third degree, please? Pete's a nice guy. DJ, what do you know about him other than he's in a band? You know nothing about him. What's his GPA? How many girls has he been out with? What's his rep? Kimmy knows more about this guy's rep than DJ does. And Kimmy's not even dating him. She ain't going out with him. These are the things you need to know about somebody. Okay? Honestly, I, I honestly, this is me. If I were a teenager, I wouldn't just be getting into some person's car if I don't know that. I'd be like, I will meet you there. Because if you think about it, you get in that person's car, your life is in their hands, basically. You don't know what type of driver they are. Just, you're putting your life in their hand. And it just, I don't know. That just makes me weird. I mean, yes, I'm a 40-year-old thinking back to when I was a teenager. And Danny relents. He's like, all right, all right, you guys, you, you have a good time. Be back in 20 minutes. And Pete's like, 20 minutes? Danny's like, hey, it's a joke. Chill out. <laughs> yeah. I still, now we see the back of uh, Pete's jacket again, and it's spelled L-E-S, either L-A-L or I-A-L. And I looked it up, and it doesn't bring up anything. I'm just, what, what is that? I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I doubt it's like slang or some term for devil or something like that. When Danny closes the door, it's like he lets out this breath he's been holding. Okay, I, I, I trust my daughter. <laughs> and uh, everybody, I, I'd like to thank my orthodontist, Dr. Friedman, uh, without whom I wouldn't have the perfect smile that I have today. You don't get it. Oh, by the way, I have a date tonight. You didn't tell me you had a date. Hi. With uh, Sludge, isn't it? It's Pete. Sorry, it's kind of last minute. You ready, Deach? Yeah, I'm ready. You know what? I, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> come here, Pete. Why don't we, uh, real quick, have a little father to new date chat? Dad, we're just going to a movie. Ah, well, that means that, uh, Pete, you'd be driving, huh? Do you have uh, auto insurance? Collision? Comprehensive? Uninsured motorist? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm coming, coming. Ah, any unpaid parking tickets? Uh, overdue <laughs> library books? Have you had your flu shot, Pete? Uh, I'm clean. Ask my parole officer. <laughs> Parole officer? It's a joke. <laughs> Chill out. Dad, could you lay off the third degree, please? Pete's a nice guy. Yeah, okay. Okay, you guys, you have a good time. Be back in 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes? Hey, it's a joke. Chill out. <laughs> Drive careful. Joey comes in dressed in a black tux. He's wearing a colorful tie, which I, I just, I love. It's kind of like a, it's a little, it's almost like paint, paint sweater, like, like purple, like plumish purple, a little bit of like orangey yellow, 
red. It just, it's really, I just, the bow tie, it's cute. It's cute. And also, he got a tux <laughs> red bow tie for Mr. Woodchuck. I, I just, I think, to me, right now, Joey's in first place for best outfit. Him and Mr. Woodchuck combined. Because, wow. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's, the, maybe it's the tie that Joey's wearing. And it's got, like, a, the, the purple, like, handkerchief thing that goes in the front pocket. I just, I like it. And Danny asks, you rented a tuxedo for your dummy? And Mr. Woodchuck goes, yeah, he looks pretty snappy, doesn't he? He should have tried those shoes on before, because he's got two left shoes. Are you sick? Are you serious? Oh, I'm like, you don't have any other type of shoes that you could wear. Anything. Even just one other shoe that kind of sort of matches. I mean, come on. He starts walking. He starts turning right. As he comes down, he's like, all right, guys, let's hit it. Because this moose, this new moose, it's only guaranteed for 45 minutes. So, Danny wants to hear it from Jesse. Hey, you know that kid Pete that you worked with? What do you know about this kid? What do you think of him? Jesse says, yeah, he's a good kid. <sighs> Jesse, come on, be real. Be honest here. And Danny's like, oh, oh good, because DJ went out with him. That's a relief, because DJ just went out with him. And Jesse's like, what? You want to let her go out with that animal? And Danny said, you just said he was a pretty good kid. And Jesse says, he's in a band. All he thinks about is girls. He's exactly like I was at that age. And Danny says, my poor baby. Oh, yeah. He says, he's exactly like I was at 17. And, and Danny says, oh, my God. And then he's like, hey, Gibbler, get right in. Get in here right now. Tell me everything you know about this Pete guy. Everything that you know. And Kimmy says, he's a legend. Girls throw themselves at him. They say he's never heard the word no. Danny turns to Joey and Jesse and DJ just went out with him. But Kimmy says... She gives them a helpful hint of info. I would love to be DJ right now in that hot black and red van on the way to the drive-in. And Jesse says, drive-in? Joey says, van? And Danny says, my baby. But, I mean, come on, guys, you, you should trust DJ. I mean, she's got a good head on her shoulders for being 15. She's not going to do anything... Like that. She knows when to say no. Well, how do we look? <laughs> you rented a tuxedo for your dummy? Yeah, and it looks pretty snappy, doesn't it? Yeah, except for the shoes. They gave me two lefties. Well, I'm pulling right. I'm pulling right. <laughs> All right, let's go, guys. This new moose is only guaranteed 45 minutes. <laughs> Jess, about that uh, kid Pete that you worked with today, what do you think of him? He's a good kid. Uh, that's a relief. DJ just went out with him. What, you let her go out with that animal? <laughs> he just said he was a pretty good kid. He's in a band. All he thinks about is girls. He's exactly how I was at 17. Oh, my God. 
Careful, get in here right now. Tell me everything you know about this Pete guy. He's a legend. Girls throw themselves at him. They say he's never heard the word no. <laughs> and DJ's out with him? <clears throat> I would love to be DJ right now. On her way to the drive-in in that hot black and red van. <laughs> drive-in? Van? My baby. <laughs> Becky comes in kind of like, hey, what's the holdup? You guys ready to go? And Tracy says, we can't. DJ's at the drive-in. And Joey adds, in a hot black and red van. And Danny says, with well, a guy who's never heard the word no. Danny says, with the lead singer of the Funky Tongues. And Jesse says, we gotta go get her. So Joey says, here, Beck, here's Mr. Woodchuck. Head to the dinner, take Mr. Woodchuck. Of course, as Danny and Jesse head to the door, Joey's two left shoes start turning right as if heading to the stairs. And Joey's like, will you? The door's this way. Thank you. And yeah, Jesse's like, what are you doing? Like, the door's that way. And Joey, oh, he, he just looks like he's in pain. You, you try walking with two left shoes. Take it off. Take the right, sh the left shoe on the right foot. Take it off. Put something else on. You must have another black shoe somewhere. Who cares? I mean, you're at this point, you're not even going to be going to the award ceremony. I, now, this is interesting because we've never, this is the only time anyone other than Joey tries the Mr. Woodchuck voice and has the puppet. Because <laughs> Becky says, oh, at least I have a date, because she's got her hand up Mr. Woodchuck's back. The way that he, like, turns his head and looks Becky up and down, he goes, Becky tells him, you behave yourself. Mr. Woodchuck's head turns around and he starts laughing maniacally. I thought that was creative. I really do. You guys ready to go? Yeah, we can't go. DJ's at the drive-in. In a hot black and red van with the lead singer of the Funky Tongues. <laughs> we gotta go get her. Here, Beck. We'll meet you at the dinner. You take Mr. Woodchuck. Come on. <laughs> Try walking with two left shoes. Oh. Well, at least I have a date. <laughs> you behave yourself. You know, I was just thinking how, I mean, spoiler alert, Joey's the one that wins the award. But can you imagine Becky goes up there to receive the reward, award in Joey's honor? And they're all like, we want to hear Mr. Woodchuck do the voice! And she has to, like, <laughs> accept the award in Joey's honor via Mr. Woodchuck. <laughs> so, of course, we got... I don't know. Would you even call this plot three? Or plot two? With the babysitting. Because if you think about it, Danny, Joey, and Jesse are all kind of tied into the plot with DJ and Pete and the drive-in. Then Becky and the award show are kind of, I guess you could call that plot three. I'm guessing something, I don't know. Anyway, so they've moved the twins in their car seats from the kitchen counter to the kitchen table. 
I can't even imagine how much between the car seat and those babies probably got away at least. Would you say at least like 15 pounds each? 20 pounds? I don't know. And Michelle is, of course, doggy sitting Comet. And she says, good boy, Comet. And she tells Stephanie, Comet did his business. It's like, all right, well, then he gets a treat. So the dog treats are on the kitchen table, too. I'm surprised that Comet just didn't, like, grab the box and run off with it. Like, I mean, not all of them now. Merry Christmas to me early. Michelle says, don't we all? <laughs> I wish I got a treat every time I did my business. Who knows? Maybe you got treats when you're learning how to potty train. I don't know. Maybe you just don't remember. Michelle says, come on, Comet, let's go play. And they run out of the kitchen. Kimmy comes around the end of the kitchen and says, all right, let's see what's on the menu. <laughs> As if you two had a choice. Like, no. Strained squash. Kimmy takes the cap off of the baby food, smells and says, Ew, I just remember I had a traumatic experience with squash. I had to eat it. He slides the baby food across the kitchen table to Stephanie and says, Here, you feed him. And Stephanie's like, Oh, excuse me, Miss Babysitter, it's your job to take care of them. I would have done it myself, but apparently Becky thinks I'm too young. And Kimmy says, sliding the baby food back to Stephanie, saying, Come on, Steph, be a bud and nourish the little drool puppies. And Stephanie considers this, like, okay, Kimmy, I'll feed them, but it's going to cost you. And Kimmy says, how about a dime? And Stephanie says, try a dollar. How about a dollar? And I like how Stephanie takes the baby food and just wafts it right under Kimmy's nose. Kimmy says, deal. And of course, Stephanie adds, <laughs> per kid, burps are extra. One jar of baby food for two babies? Mm, is that enough? And they shake on it. Jesse walking around. This place looks like a, a dump of a drive-in. There's trash all over the place. Joey wants to take his shoes off. And then he puts a shoe on the uh, bumper of the front of his car. And of course they're honking the horn. It's like, who are you? Why are you just walking around a drive-in? We're trying to actually watch the movie. They honk at him like, dude. Joey, get your foot off their car. Jesse's like, all right, all right, we're moving. Like someone actually came to the drive-in to watch the movie. 
Danny screams, DJ, where are you? And the people are just honking. He's like, get out of here. Who are you? Yeah, a handful of cars start honking at them. Like, get out of here. Joey says, hey, guys, check the red van. Joey, Kimmy said it's a black and red van. I get it. It's dark, but there are, like, street lights there to kind of illuminate the area. Because this one is red, but it's got, like, a light blue zigzag stripe. They open it. No, they don't find DJ and Pete. They found an elderly couple making out because that's their right. Because, yeah, before they open the sliding door of the van, they (laughs) look into it and Jesse says, I can't see inside. The windows are all fogged up. And Danny says, they better be making soup in there. Jesse just opens, like, slides open the door to the van and says, all right, you two, the party's over. Oh, actually, I'm sorry, he doesn't slide the door. He opens uh, both doors open. And the couple look horrified. Like, what are you doing? Me and my husband are just reliving our, you know, our you know, the good old days, back when we were dating, like, hey, let's go to a movie, the, uh, drive-in, and like, and all that stuff. I mean, come on. By the looks of these two, they look like they're, like, oh, gosh, I mean, this is the early 90s, so I could probably even put that, they would probably be, like, in their 60s at this point. I mean, because it just seems like 50, 60, 70 years old back in the 90s, you looked older you looked a lot older. I mean, you look at 60, 70-year-olds today, they don't look like how Hollywood depicts them. I mean, even uh, there was um, uh, a TikTok about Father of the Bride 2 with Steve Martin and Diane Keaton saying, these two are supposed to be like 45 years old, yet they look like they're like, in their 70s, he's <laughs> like, this is what 40 is supposed to look like in 1992. I'm like, I'm 40 and I don't look like that. <laughs> but then again, Steve Martin's always had white hair for, like, the longest time. And Jesse apologizes, saying, sorry, wrong band. Do your parents know what you're up to? Jesse, their parents are clearly probably most likely dead of old age. So, no, I don't think their parents would care. <laughs> you guys, these shoes are killing me. All right, all right, we're moving. We're moving. I believe someone actually went to the drive-in to watch the movie. <laughs> DJ, where are you? Yeah, get out of here, you guys. All right, all right, all right, all right. You guys, check the red van. <laughs> See inside, the windows are all steamed up. They better be making soup in there. The party's over. Come on out. Sorry, wrong band. Your parents know what you're up to? So DJ says, oh, there's the Phantom of the Prom. He just put that prana in the punch bowl. And Steve is just kind of upstairs. <laughs> sorry, I meant Pete. I'm sorry, we haven't gotten to Steve yet. So, actually, what they have at this point? Hold on a sec. Let's see. Sisters in Crime is the one where we actually do meet Steve.
Steve. I think that would have been earlier in season five. Let me see. Yeah, that would have been episode 14, so it would have been like nine episodes ago that we, yeah, we met Steve. But anyway, yeah, Pete rolls his eyes like, DJ, this movie is lame. You know that he didn't, he's, they're just going to a drive-in, he could have cared less what movie was playing, with what that guy had has on his mind. So yeah, this does sound very after school, especially about uh, what not to do. The way this guy is coming off just really just He's like, hey, why don't we uh go in the back and get more comfortable? And DJ's like, you know, I, I'm pretty comfortable right here. And the way he says, Oh yeah, that's right, I forgot. You're a freshman. He says, Oh, this must be your first time at a drive-in, right? And she's like, Oh no, 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 we come all the time. You know, we were just here last week for the swap meet. He's like, hey, come on, let's let's get in the back and listen to a, a little music for a while. And I'm just like, he is full on pressuring her, guilting her, making her feel like, oh, that's right, I forgot you're a freshman. I mean, thinking, dude, you're in a drive-in. Other people probably came there to watch the movie, some of them. I don't think they want to listen to your garbage rock music screaming at the top of your lungs at full volume in the drive-in. And after Pete says that, DJ weakly rep replies, okay. It's like, girl, if you don't want to do this, you need to be direct with him. Like, Pete, I already told you I didn't want to do that. Can we just please watch the movie? I mean, we do get that at some point. But I know, like, DJ is probably thinking about her rep. You know, if I say no and don't go into the back with him, what rumors is he going to spread about me around school? You've probably heard the rumors, the thing that he's never heard the word no, so I don't want to be the first person to tell him no or something. She just, she feels so pressured, which no one should ever feel pressured to do something they don't feel comfortable with. So he's got... Like, a blanket in the back. He's got red and black big throw pillows. You know he's taken... And he's got... It's like a felt velvet encased stereo that he's got. And he's got that demo tape there. He, yeah, he also has like a shower curtain with a... Or a shower curtain rod with like a curtain over it for because the first thing DJ notices is wow it's really private back here and Pete says yeah now all we need is a little romantic music this tape is already in there DJ is just like oh wow that just makes you want to get up and dance and he pulls her back down and starts kissing her he tells her right before he kisses her whoa DJ just relax okay and he starts deeply kissing her and just like ugh so the guys did find the van, because you can hear Pete's voice blaring out of that stereo. Jesse says, I hear Pete's song, and Joey sees DJ's jacket on the passenger, on the back of the passenger seat in the front. DJ breaks away from the kiss, pushes the bags, like, hey, Pete, why don't we just watch the movie, okay? And he's, like, taken aback, like, oh, how come? 
And she says, well, I, I just don't feel right about this. And you know that Pete is extremely disappointed. He puts a hand on the back of his neck like, okay, that's cool. We'll get us some popcorn. I'm going to turn that music off because he opens the back double doors and the music is just pouring out into the night air. There's the Phantom of the Prom. Ew, he just put that piranha in the punch bowl. DJ, this movie's lame. Why don't we hop in the back and get a little more comfortable? I'm pretty comfortable right here. Oh, that's right, I forgot. You're a freshman. This must be like your, your first time at a drive-in, right? No, I come here all the time. I was just here Sunday for the swap meet. Come on, let's get in the back. Listen to a little music for a while. is private back here. Yeah. Now he's a little romantic music. Boy, that makes you want to just get up and dance. Oh, She turns the music off. She pulls apart the curtain and sees Jesse, Joey, and Danny. And they all scream at each other in surprise. And DJ's, what are you guys doing here? And Danny says, we were worried about you. And Danny asks, where's Pete? And DJ says, he went to get popcorn. We're on a date. Can you guys please leave? Jesse says, you didn't tell us you were going to a drive-in. And Danny adds, in Tony the Tiger's van. And DJ is, like, pleading with him, like, look, can we please talk about this later? I, I don't want Pete to see you here. And DJ says, you know how embarrassing this is? Put yourself in my shoes. And Joey says, I'd love to. You got a left and a right? So she looks out the back window, notices Pete's on his way back with the popcorn. She's like, Pete's coming back. Please, look, I, I promise I'll, I'll, I'll tell him to take me home. Just please, just leave, please. Don't let him see you here, please. If he's on his way back, odds are they get out of that van, he's gonna see them and wonder what's going on. But, I mean, he might have met, you know, Danny and Jesse, but he has no idea who Joey is. Where's Pete? He's getting popcorn. Would you guys please leave? I'm on a date, okay? Well, you didn't tell us you were going to a drive-in. In Tony the Tiger's van. <laughs> Look, can we please talk about this later? I don't want Pete to see you here. Do you know how embarrassing this is? Put yourself in my shoes. I'd love to. You got a left and a right? <laughs> Pete's coming back. Please leave. I, I promise I'll tell him to take me home. Just don't let him see you here. 
So he didn't get her popcorn? Because she's like, oh, hi, Pete, you're back. He's like, yeah, let's go back and get in the front and watch the movie. Like, yeah, he, he just wants to get this date over with. And DJ says, wait, just a minute. We should straighten up first. I come from a very neat family. Those red and black striped pillows, those they look so comfy. They're still there. The guys are still in the front because we hear Joey sneeze. Pete hears it too and he pulls back the curtain. He doesn't scream at them or anything like that. They're all like, hello. It's funny the guys do this whenever they get caught in an uncomfortable situation. And Pete's looking at him like, hello? Like, what are you doing here? Who are you? And Danny's like, I guess you wonder what we're doing here in your van in tuxedos, no less. Danny's like, throws the son to Joey, like, tell him, Joey. Joey has not even met, met, well, wait a minute, no, he did. He didn't introduce himself, but he was there when Pete and the guys were going to, he had come into the kitchen to use Jesse's studio. Well, Pete, it's a very funny story. You know what? No one tells it funnier than Jess. Jess, tell him. Jesse says, uh, you know, it's not even, it's not even really a story. You know, you know that demo tape that, uh, I made for you? You wanted the whole song on there, right? I was just wondering, you want the whole song on that tape? This is the best that he could come up with? And Pete says, yeah. Well, he was playing his demo tape. I'm sure he's heard it all the way through. Like, this is a weak excuse. Come on, Jess. Like, I put the beginning, middle, and the Guys, we can we can leave. <laughs> Pete just wants to get DJ out of there. He's like, look, DJ, why don't we just call it a night, okay? You can go on and go home with your dad. And she says, okay. She turns and looks at Jesse, her dad, and Joey. Just kind of and it gives them all like, thanks a lot. It's like, DJ, you weren't happy on that date. You know you weren't. He was pressuring you to do something you didn't feel comfortable with. I would have been, okay, date's over. I want you to take me home now. But then again, I wouldn't, and I'm not blaming DJ. I'm not blaming her. I'm just, it's just, I would rather, honestly, save something like a drive-in. Like, go to a movie in an actual theater. Go on in a few dates first, like, and to the point where you're actually regularly dating each other. And then eventually, if there's a drive-in around, I know there's not a lot of them around anymore, but... And then make the jump to the drive-in. I just, I honestly, no, would feel like, hey, if you really don't know someone, the drive-in, especially if it's a van... Or a vehicle with a lot of room. It's like, unless you really know the person and you've been out on a few dates, I I would not recommend, you know, and then do the drive-in thing. But come on now. And here's another thing. This could even be a Tanner Teachable moment. Listen to your gut. Listen to what it's telling you. Listen to what your heart is telling you. If this is a situation you feel uncomfortable in, your gut is telling you that for a reason, and you need to listen to it. Don't ever feel like you have to act a certain way because you want to impress someone, because you're afraid of, oh, they're going to start rumors about me. Your safety, your safety, your well-being should be your only concern. Forget what this person's going to say. It doesn't matter. Your safety 
is key. Get out of the situation. If you got to call an Uber, if you got to call a friend, a parent to come and get you, but get out of that situation. Don't feel like, oh, he won't respect me if I don't do it. Like, no, no. That person already doesn't respect you because they're trying to get you to do something that you don't want to do. Anyway, if they respected you, they would not be doing that. I'm just going to throw that as my Tanner Teachable moment for this episode. Hi, Pete. You're back. Oh, he did the popcorn. Yeah. Is, uh, go ahead and get in front, all right? Uh, wait. Just a minute. We should straighten up first. I come from a very neat family. <laughs> you wonder what we're doing here in your van <laughs> in our tuxedos yet <laughs> tell them joey well it's uh well pete it, heck it's a very funny story yeah. and uh no one uh really tells it funnier than jess jess tell them <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it is a funny story actually well you know what it's not even a story it's uh, you know that demo tape we were making uh, i just was wondering do you when you want the whole song on that tape you wanted the whole song right <laughs> yeah Okay, good, because I, I, was, I put the beginning, middle, it's all on the... We can leave now. Yeah. Then we're done. Uh, DJ, why don't we just go ahead and call it a night? Why don't you can go ahead and go home with your dad? So, let's get to Kimmy's failed attempt at, uh, <laughs> failed attempt at babysitting. We're in the kitchen, and Michelle is brushing Comet. So they don't have tumbleweeds of dog fur just floating through the kitchen and the rest of the house. Because Kimmy says, keep up the good work, kid. Kimmy is just like, all right, let's get you two goobs to bed so I can hit the phone. Who is she calling other than DJ? Well, I do remember the conversation that she had on the phone with her grandma when she was supposed to be watching Nikki and Alex, who at that time were toddlers and were just putting paint handprints all over everything in the kitchen and the living room. Apparently that uh, Squatch uh, wants to make an exit because Kimmy's like, oh, God. Kimmy turns to Stephanie and says, hey, Steph, would you mind uh, disposing of the toxic waste? And Stephanie says, yeah, Kimmy, I'll do it for you. But uh, again, it's going to cost you. And Kimmy's like, whatever, just get him out of here before the smoke alarm goes off. Well, Stephanie picks up one of the twins out of the car seat. And it's almost like, oh, this kid is heavy. <laughs> You think they're heavy now? Just wait until down the road when they're like 40, 50 pounds. Kimmy goes over to the other one's like, oh, you too? She picks him up and says, you're enjoying this, aren't you? She's like, yeah, you're getting a kick out of this, aren't you? It's like, whatever, just change me. The way Kimmy is carrying this baby with her arms outstretched, reverse Raviki style, where instead of having Simba facing the animals, 
he had to have him turned around so he's facing him. Babies are wearing baby Nike <laughs> shoes. So Michelle commences with the grooming. She says, good boy, you look very pretty. Thomas puts his paws up on the kitchen counter. So, like, oh, you know what he wants. He wants a doggy doodle treat. Oh my, the box is literally just open as these treats are like tumbling out onto the kitchen counter. She says, all right, you can have another treat. She tells him to sit. And then she tosses the cookie in the air and he grabs it. She says, you sure like these doggy doodles? She takes one and says, oh, they look like a cookie. And then she smells it. And smell like a pork chop. The way that Comet is just eyeing her holding that. Like, come on. You know you want to give that to me. Come on. It's not for you. You won't like it. I cannot believe they got to... <laughs> I know that this probably isn't a real dog treat. But even still, it's like, come on. Didn't Stephanie already pull this in season three? And Danny had to tell her, do not feed your sister dog food. I mean, I'm sure at one point in time, everyone has been kind of like, I don't know what they taste like. You like them so much. And then she bites into it, and then she immediately regrets it. She's like, Bleh! and then she, like, spits half of it into, like, a napkin. Yeah, she's, like, wiping her mouth, trying to get all the crumbs, like, ugh, ugh, I'm gonna brush my teeth. And she, it's almost like she's trying to make herself sick, but, like, oh, I should have known. You drank from the toilet. And she's still, like, wiping the dog treat crumbs out of her mouth with a napkin. <laughs> the audience is just like, oh, girl, ow. I was, like, just looking at her, like, just, like, please, can I have the other half of that dog treat, please? Just gonna go to waste. I'm so hungry. Keep up the good work. Okay, let's get you two to bed so I can hit the phone. <laughs> Would you mind uh, disposing of the toxic waste? Thanks again. It'll cost you. All right, all right. But do something quick before the smoke mm. alarm goes off. the twins nursery Stephanie's finishing changing the last twin and Kimmy is over there like trying not to breathe out her nose like is it over and Stephanie tells her yeah you can breathe now Becky comes home and says oh hi girls how are my adorable babies 
Kimmy, this is a rule you would never, don't insult the person whose kid you're watching. Don't, like, oh. Because she says, yeah, adorable if you don't have a sense of smell. I'm surprised your wallpaper isn't peeling. And then, <laughs> the way that Kimmy looks, Becky looks up and Kimmy's just like, excuse me? I don't think I want to pay you anything. But Kimmy's like, can you please pay me so I can go home? And Becky says, okay, Kimmy, I owe you $10. And as soon as Becky's out of the room, Stephanie starts adding up all the tally marks of what all she has done for Kimmy. And yeah, she pulls out a paper and says, let's see, uh, Kimmy, you owe me two feet, two burps, two number twos, and a number one. Comes to $10 as she pulls the money out of Becky's hand. Kimmy says, what a ripoff. I'm like, well, Kimmy, you didn't do any of the work. Stephanie stepped up and took care of everything. <laughs> Stephanie says, can we make Kimmy our regular babysitter? Is it over? Yeah, you can breathe now. Hi, girls. How are my adorable babies? Yeah, adorable if you don't have a sense of smell. I'm surprised your wallpaper isn't peeling. Could you please pay me so I can go home? Okay, Kimmy, I owe you $10. Let me get my purse. And Kimmy, you owe me, let's see, two feeds, two burps, two number twos, and a number one. That comes to $10. What a ripoff. Can we make Kimmy our regular babysitter? So downstairs, DJ comes in the door, followed by Danny, Jesse, and Joey. And Danny says, DJ, come on, we gotta talk. You can't keep giving us a silent treatment. DJ turns, because she's like, on step two, going up the stairs, turns around and says, okay, let's talk. I've never been so humiliated in all, all my life. When this gets around school, I'll never be asked out again. But, I mean, that's what you wanted, isn't it? turns around and goes, continues to go up the stairs. And of course, they're all kind of like, you know, I was doing okay with the silent treatment, actually. Danny and Jesse start going up the stairs, and Joey says, guys, wait. And then he takes the shoes off. Finally, he takes those shoes off. His feet are going to be so, well, his, his right foot is going to be sore. Just this relief of, oh. Okay, now I'm ready. Let's go. Danny comes up and says, DJ, you know we have to talk about this. And she says, fine, you said I was old enough to date. You said you trust me, and you said that you have confidence in my judgment. You really didn't mean it, did you? And she says, the first time that I go out with a guy that you don't like, you come charging in like the date police. I'd be like, first of all, DJ, what do you know about this guy before you went out with him? The only thing you knew is what you heard around school and the fact that he's in a band and the fact that he took an interest in you. If you're here around school, the odds are this guy's only interested in one thing. And he's been out with, like, a bunch of girls. Like, he's making his way through the other seniors, juniors, sophomores, and now he's going through freshmen. That's someone you clearly want to avoid. I think it's a bad she's probably angry that the guys were right and maybe I should have used better judgment. She says, you completely overreacted. All three of you owe me an apology. And all of the guys, like, oh, yeah, we're sorry, Deej. Sorry, it won't happen again. Yeah, and Jesse's like, oh, I think she's right, guys. And Danny says, yeah, we did get a little crazy, didn't we? Well, I mean, you were being very disruptive in the drive-in. 
putting your feet up. Joey putting his foot on uh, another person's vehicle. And, and them interrupting that old couple that were enjoying their golden ears. Come on. Oh, he says, I'm going to my room. He goes to turn around and Jesse's like, no, no, no. You stay here with us. We're not done yet. This was where they're like, yeah, I'm sorry, Deej. Deej says, it's all right. Let's just forget about it. But he makes mistakes. Uh, yeah, she's acting like a parent right now, scolding children for doing wrong. I just hope next time you'll think things through and you better judgment. Yeah, it's like if she's like pushing them towards the door out of her room, they're like, oh, sorry, Deej. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. And he says, yeah, that was really low. Sorry. And she goes to shut the door and as soon as she turns around, the guy's like, wait, wait a minute, one more thing here. And when they come back in, like, wait a minute, no, there's one more thing. And she's like, yeah, I knew that was too easy. So Danny has DJ sit on the end of the bed. He's sitting next to her. Joe, uh, Jesse's in a chair. Joey's standing next to Danny. And Danny says, DJ, why did you lie to us about where you're going tonight? And she's like, I said I was going to a movie. And it's like, yeah, but you conveniently left out that you were going to a drive-in. Danny says, with well, a guy that's never heard the word no. And DJ says, oh, did I forget to mention that? He says, yeah, you did. And I like this here as Danny says, look, Deej, you're 15 years old and you still live by the rules of this house. And he says, and if you're going to go out on a date, you have to tell us exactly where you're going. I'm, I would also add, we need to know the guy before you go out with him. We want to sit down with him. We want to get to know him a little more before we feel comfortable letting you go out with him. And that should be understandable. I mean... Anyone who's going to go out with someone should know, you know, at that age, it's like, you know that the parents most likely are probably going to want to talk to you and learn a little bit about you. I honestly, if I had a teenager, yes, I most definitely would want to get to know the person a little bit more. It's like, I am entrusting my child with your, you, I'm entrusting you with their life. And I want to know more about you. As invasive as that sounds, it just, honestly, to me, it would make me feel better and sleep better at night knowing the kind of person that my child is going out with. And DJ says, well, I just didn't want you guys to freak out. So she knew that the guy is someone that Danny really wouldn't agree with wanting her to go out with, but she conveniently left that, yeah. And Jesse says, well, what makes you think we were freaked out? I mean, just us running around the drive-in in our tuxedos? I mean, come on. And DJ says, well, I guess it's my turn to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I like what Joey says here. He says, DJ, look, you going out with, with guys is, is a whole new experience for us. And he says, look, we just need to trust each other, okay? We just want what's best for you. And honestly, yes, that is all that they want. They just, they want a, you know, a little trust there. And she says, thanks, guys, but... Do me a favor, no more commando raids on, raids on my dates, please. Danny says, look, uh, also, Deej, how about no more drive-ins for a while, okay? She says, deal, and she and Danny hug. Becky comes in and says, Deej, are you okay? She says, yeah, everything's fine. Danny sees the award in Becky's hand and is like, Becky, <gasps> we won! Finally vindicated after four long years! And... 
Becky has to clarify, no, actually, Joey won for best children's programming. He says, finally, someone has recognized our talent, vindicated after four long years. And Becky takes the award from Danny, says, well, actually, they recognized Joey's talent. He won for best children's programming. Oh! And Joey just, oh, I can't believe it. This is great. And he holds it. <laughs> award Nana says, Finally, vindicated after four long months. <laughs> that is amazing, though. After four months, I mean, being recognized. I mean, it hadn't even been on the air that long. But wow, that is, yeah, that's so great for him. And Danny pats Joey on the back and says, oh, Joey, that's so great for you. Uh, I'm very proud. Um, Can I just hold it for a second? Hey, as soon as Joey's like, yeah, sure, here you go, Dan. Danny. Danny runs out of that room. <laughs> It's like, I'm not dang it. <laughs> Joey says, he's an immature baby and runs after Danny. And Becky sits on the end of DJ's bed with DJ there and then D uh, Jesse there. I'm sure that Becky wants to hear, like, okay, what happened? I want to hear about this thing. Deej, we need to talk. You can't keep giving us the silent treatment. Okay, fine, let's talk. I'm totally humiliated. When this gets around school, I'll never be asked out again. That's what you wanted, isn't it? We're doing better with the silent treatment. Guys, wait. Oh. All right, let's go. DJ. You know we have to talk about this. Fine. You said I was old enough to date. You said you trust me. You said you had confidence in my judgment. But you really didn't mean it, did you? The, the first time I go out with a guy that you don't like, you come charging in like the date police. You completely overreacted. All three of you owe me an apology. I think she's right, guys. We did get a little crazy, didn't we? I'm going to my room. <laughs> Sorry, Deej. Yeah, so am I. Me too. It's all right. Let's just forget about it. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. I just hope the next time you'll think things through a little better. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't Sorry. thinking either, really. I was, I was really glad. Sorry. You know, Jesus, one more thing. I knew that was too easy. Sweetheart. Why did you lie to us about where you were going tonight? I didn't lie. I said I was going to a movie. Yeah, but you conveniently forgot to tell us it was a drive-in movie. With a guy who's never heard the word no. <laughs> Did I forget to mention that? Yeah. Look, DJ, you're 15 years old, and you still live by the rules of this house. And if you're going to go on a date, you have to tell us exactly where you're going. I just didn't want you guys to freak out. What makes you think we would have freaked out? I mean, just because we've... Ran around the drive-in in a tuxedo? What? Well, I guess it's my turn to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Indeed, you going out with guys is a whole new experience for us, you know what I mean? We just have to trust each other. We just want what's best for you. Thanks, guys. Do me a favor. No more commando raids on my dates. All right. And no more drive-ins for a while, okay? Deal. Are you okay? Yeah, everything's fine.
Becky. Oh, man, we won. Finally, somebody has recognized our talent. Vindicated after four long years. Well, actually, they recognized Joey's talents. He won for best children's programming. Oh, I don't believe it. This is great. Oh, vindicated after four long months. <laughs> well, congratulations, Joey. Thanks. Can I just can I hold it for a second? Sure. Thanks. <laughs> he takes off of it. He's an amateur baby. All right, that was the episode. I'm going to say worst outfit of the episode is going to hands down go to Becky. It was like a black glittery top with like golden symbol thing. I, but it just it was just unflattering for her. Runner up of course, Stephanie with the black shirt with the white polka dots. It bleh. Best outfit, I again, I I definitely am going with Joey's tuxedo with a colorful bow tie and the colorful cum, matching cummerbund. And, of course, you know, Mr. Woodchuck and the tux and the red bow tie was really, really cute. Uh, I already mentioned the Tanner Teachable moment for DJ Pete and the whole drive-in dating thing. Added Tanner Teachable moment for... The second plot with the babysitting, look, they're entrusting their children, their babies, in your care. And the fact, you know, and also, you know, the two young girls, you don't be schleffing off your duties because you don't want to do them because, oh, I had a bad experience, experience with squash, or, oh my gosh, I don't like changing diapers, or, oh my gosh, I... The, whatever, you just, you can't do that. But at least, I mean, Becky did say Stephanie's there to back her up. It's like, yes, Stephanie deserved that money because she did all the work. It's like, if, if you're taking on a job to watch someone's children, you watch their children. You take care of them. You are the pseudo parent. That's how it works. So, next week, we will be covering the next episode of Good Girls and Bad Boys. We're going to go Season 8, Episode 3, Making Out is Hard to Do. This is from October 11, 1994. So, we have Stephanie in a situation. And it's kind of similar to Pete. No, this guy Bobby doesn't play in a band, but he's equally very pressury. In this episode, Stephanie arrives at Gia's party to discover that the other kids have more advanced games in mind for the evening. Yes, it's a makeout party. And even though she does like this guy, she doesn't like the idea, like, she... Would like to kiss him, just not in that setting. But he comes on very strong. The point where he pressures her even more than Pete pressured DJ. And then, of course, we'll be closing out Good Girls and Bad Boys with Season 8, 
episode 22, All Stood Up, which aired April 4th, 1995. This is the very last episode of season 8. This is the final episode that they filmed of the show. They had already filmed what they ended up using as a two-part series finale, but this is the last actual episode they ever filmed of the show. All stood up April 4th, 1995, episode eight, uh, season 8, episode 22. Guest starring Andrew Keegan of Camp Nowhere fame. Uh, he was also in 7th Heaven. He was also... Gosh, what else did Andrew Keegan do? You know, that's the thing. I mean, he was in the 90, mid-90s, like 94, 95. He was right up there with JTT, Devin Sawa. Granted, I was like, I wasn't into Andrew Keegan. I wasn't really, I may have had JTT, a poster on my wall, but I wasn't gung-ho. Devin Sawa all over one whole wall. So anyway, Stephanie asks a boy to a dance, and he does not show. Danny goes to talk to him and embarrasses Stephanie. Jesse has to relax because turns out he has high blood pressure, but Kimmy and her distractions keep him from doing so. Yes, at this point in the last season of the show, Jesse's got a radio show, he's got the Smash Club, he's got his family, wife and kids, and he just seems like he has just taken on a lot. So, yes, that is what we will be closing out the Good Girls and Bad Boys for the month of March. Now, before I go, I do want to play a clip from the show Roseanne. This is very similar to... Um, the situation with Danny wanting to get to know DJ's date, Pete. However, <laughs> if you're familiar with the show Roseanne and Dan and Roseanne's oldest child, their firstborn, Becky, going out with Mark, who pretty much is the guy she ends up marrying when she's 17. This is... Just how you don't, if you're meeting, if you're dating, going on a date with someone and you're going to be meeting their parents, this is what you don't do. Especially like how Pete was just, he's being very disrespectful to Danny. He's like, hey, chill out. I don't really have a parole officer. It's just, just, mm, yeah. But yeah, this is, this is that clip I'm going to play. One second.
Bill's family. <laughs> What's going on? I've been honking for an hour. Sorry, my parents want to meet you. Oh, man. Mom, Dad, this is Mark. Mark, these are my parents. Hi, Dan Connor. This is my wife, Roseanne, and of course, the lovely Darlene. <laughs> I'm sure you'd love to get the hell out of here, but that's not the way we do things. <laughs> no, so let's sit right down here on the Davenport and get to know each other a little bit better. Huh, honey? <laughs> oh, uh, Mark, uh, great, Jen. Well, ah, great. Um, uh, play football? Nope. Oh, too bad, they, uh, this year. I guess, yeah. yeah. I heard your horn out there. Uh... <laughs> what kind of car do you drive? It's not a car, Dan. It's a truck. pretty much did and said everything that you would not basically that person's parents you would not be dating that person you would not they would not allow it. it's like okay well nice to meet you you can leave and please don't please stay away from my child I don't want you to have anything to do with them the, the, the character of Mark on the show was just he was he was horrid he was just a terrible character but I just want I played that clip as an example of the type of guy Pete was just it, like if we had to go from a scale of one to five one being not hugely horrible but eventually on the road to being like as bad as Mark down the road and Mark is a full five a hundred percent but just, mm, yeah. I mean, you want your child to go out with someone who is going to be respectful of them and treat them right. And honestly, the same thing goes with when your child eventually finds that one person they want to spend the rest of their, their life with and start the next chapter of their life. You want that person to be good and respectful and responsible. Because you're trusting that person with the most precious thing that in your life that you've ever created. And again, this is coming from someone who does not have children. That's just, if I had children, that would be my point of view. So again, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And look forward to next week of Season 8 of Full House with Stephanie and Bobby. Because we met... You know, I had uh, Pete and DJ this episode. Next week's going to be Stephanie and Bobby. And then the week after that is going to be Stephanie and Ryan. So, 
To email the podcast, again, you can go to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And again, if you have a moment, please go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, search the Full House or Fuller House Podcast. So my Atlanta, Holy Chalupas Podcast will pop up. Leave a review, five stars if you can, five-star rating, five-star review. So that way we can get more Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves jumping aboard the, this Full House, Fuller House Podcast. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.